Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. My name is Robert Morrison. I am a contributor at NinerNoise.com, and here with me to celebrate the thumb twiddling and other things that happen to football fans during the offseason is another contributor at NinerNoise.com, Chris Wilson. Chris, how are we doing today? Doing pretty good. Definitely no thumb twiddling because the combine is here soon and yeah, the NFL never sleeps. That's true. They've managed to make it a 12-month-a-year league, which, uh, as I understand it, is all of the months Can't uh, in the league. Um, we'll actually um, go through those dates in just a second, but I think it's important that uh, you know we took a little while to, to process the game that shall not be named. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. For the last couple of weeks, um, gone through the stages of grief and and, and all Wait, that. And I think it's you know we can we can officially begin to turn the page. I'm sticking with denial uh, on 2019 of the on the 2019 season, I should say to be to be more specific, since it's been you know 2020 for you know a month and a half now, and into the the 2020 NFL season. So with that in mind, let's uh, think about some important dates that we have uh, coming up here in the next several months. There's a lot of them. If you look at the NFL's website, there are some things to note. First and foremost is the NFL scouting combine, which starts, I got sort of conflicting reports on this, uh, February 23rd or February 24th. It's somewhere in between one of those two days. Um, I'm not really sure, Uh, but it runs until March the 2nd. So a nice lengthy time there in Indianapolis for the uh, incoming rookies, rookie hopefuls, I should say, to show off their um, physical skills and their mental skills and all those sorts of things. I believe it starts on Sunday. So Sunday is the 23rd. Yeah, I think that's right. I think there's like, I think it's one of those things where you go to an event and there's a, a kickoff party the night before, but like the, the real stuff gets started the next day. I think that might be why there's some sort of conflicting uh, dates on that, but I can tell you, for sure that it runs until March 2nd, that, that much I know. Um, no no conflict there. Um, during that time frame, uh, February 25th is the first day that players can be tagged as either franchise or transition players. So there's a difference between those two, one relating to whether or not other teams can negotiate with them or not, is my understanding of it. Is that right? 
Well, it depends on what kind of franchise tag you use. So usually they use the exclusive franchise tag where it's a one-year contract, five-year average of the top five salaries at the position. Mm -hmm. And then the players can sign with other teams, but then the original team can match. Otherwise, there's some type of draft compensation. And then there's the non-exclusive franchise tag, which like no one ever uses because it's super expensive. Because I think it takes into account like future contracts, so it could get like, really nasty. Right, right, right. And then the transition tag is also a one-year guaranteed offer, but it's the five-year average of the top 10 salaries at the position. Gotcha. So the number goes down is the idea there. And then the players can sign with other teams, but then the original team can match, but there's no draft compensation. So that's the real difference between the two. Gotcha. There we go. So those numbers can be starting to thrown out on the 25th of February. Uh, of course, the 49ers used that tag last year. At least for a couple months. We're not really going to talk about who they used on that tag last year because... It's, it's, questionable. It's, not, it's not great. Um, <laughs> and then uh, the players have until uh, March 10th to decide uh, whether or not they are going to sign that tag. And if I'm correct, if they don't sign it, they're kind of out of luck, right? They can't do anything. They have to retire or that's it, right? Or they can just hold out. Yeah. Right. Or they could hold out and just wait, similar to what the 49ers franchise designee did last year. Um, but yet they have the March 10th. Once they've signed that deal, they can be working out a, a longer deal as well. It's just kind of a, a keep a player in the in the building type of thing. Um, so that's the first kind of run of dates. March 16th through 18th is what the NFL uh, doesn't officially refer to, but they but what we would call the uh, the oxymoronic title of legal tampering lol um, which goes on uh which means that the players and agents and um and such can can talk about contracts talk about you know teams that they want to go to but they're not actually allowed to sign anything or work out any specific details necessarily although i have a you know sneaking suspicion that that's probably not what happens um given how quickly after the uh the official start of um, of free agency that those numbers get worked out. I have a feeling that there's sort of a, uh, a a hearty like you know. So if we were going to offer you this amount of money, what do you, how do you think that would go over? Kind of thing. If you're a GM, you have to have, like superhuman skills in signing paperwork because you have to sign like 18 guys at the same time and just you know, the first second of free agency. <laughs> Right. So that's uh, March 16th through 18th. Uh, by the end of that period, which is uh, March 18th, uh, a couple things go on. Uh, teams must be under the salary cap by that date. The top 51 rule applies, which means that uh, only the top 51 of the players on the roster actually factor into the salary cap. Kind of a weird uh, rule that I don't quite understand, but sure, whatever. Um, and free agency officially begins, as does the new league year on uh, March the 18th. And then the off-season programs for the 49ers can begin on April 20th because they did not bring in a new coach. They'll do some OTAs during that time. Uh, and then the NFL draft is in Las Vegas on April 23rd through the 25th. Or if you happen to be the San Francisco 49ers currently, April 23rd and 25th, um, <laughs> <laughs> as they will not currently be participating on the 24th. It may not end up that way, but yeah. For those of you who are not aware, at this current juncture, the 49ers have no mid-round uh draft selections uh i think it's what first fifth sixth and seventh at this point is that is that correct is that bad yes yeah so more on that later uh we'll we'll talk about the draft here in the in the weeks to come 
yeah, hopefully that will that will change uh, between now and then. But um, uh, then rookie camps uh, happen. I think like the second week of May. Uh, training camp starts uh, mid July, and then the Hall of Fame game kicks off the preseason on August sixth. And uh, you know we're, we're we're back at it. Well, you know five weeks after that, the uh, NFL season starts. Um, so Chris, how you how you feeling about the off season for the 49ers at this particular point? I feel like I'm ready for it to. Use- I guess it hasn't really started yet, but you know, start <laughs> and then end so we can yeah. get back on a winning streak as soon as possible. And at least it gives us something to talk about and think about and obsess about for the remaining months of the year. We were lucky this year that we actually got to watch an extra month and a half of football. So yeah, what would we have done if if they had if their games had stopped like in December? We would have had to have all these conversations already. <laughs> well, we usually do it, so <laughs> we always find a way. Yeah, I guess so. Well, we mentioned this briefly uh, at the end of last episode, but I think the idea here will be to bring you uh, episodes every couple of weeks here, specifically for today's episode. We're going to talk about just some general offseason plans, mostly as they pertain to free agency. And then we'll get into the draft uh, after that and uh, maybe talk about some more specific free agent moves or draft moves as we uh, move through the offseason. We'll definitely have more of an every other week type of thing. You will definitely get your fill of us this offseason. So with all that in mind, we're going to look at two different things for today. And the first is just a question. Um, Chris, for you, what are some of the most important things for the 49ers to do this offseason, just in a sort of general sense, as it relates to their team as it currently stands? Generally, they need to extend Kittle, extend Kittle, and extend Kittle. So that's my off-season plan. Right. Yeah, that seems fair. Yes, yeah, so I think that he is the number one priority this off-season. Even though they have many priorities, but he is the best tight end in the NFL. He is some people say the best player in the NFL, according to PFF. He is. Yeah. I think that might be a stretch, and I love Kittle, but I will gladly accept it. Yeah, but for sure. He is definitely one of the best players in his position. And I will not take this opportunity to talk about the end of the last game. So we need to resign Kittle, not even resign Kittle, because Kittle has another year on his contract. But we need to extend Kittle because Kittle's making like seven hundred thousand dollars, and Kittle is a household name. So he is vastly underpaid, has a late round draft pick, and it would be smart for the Forty ers if they want to get any kind of discount to extend him as soon as possible, meaning like immediately. Yeah. So. Top tight end in the league right now is actually Jimmy Graham making definitely not the top tight end in the league, but financially, financially. Wait, what? <laughs> making uh, ten million dollars a year, and then Kelsey's just a little bit under that. So, if we're talking about that, how in the world a, is that true? Yeah, that's, that's actually apparently true. Uh, I bet I believe you, but gracious, <laughs> I don't believe me, but yeah. So yeah, Jimmy, oh, you're talking an average yearly salary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kelsey actually made more than him. Just slightly in total in total value. This last year, I would hope so. Yeah, so taking an average salary and trying to yeah estimate what you would have to pay Kittle, who's a little bit better than Jimmy Graham, just a tad. <laughs> yeah, I'd say you're probably going to pay him over ten million dollars a season. So the only way that you're going to get any kind of discount and you're not going to be seriously breaking the bank with him is to pay him now. And I think that's smart because you know, you're paying him in the six figures every year for the last couple of years. And he's the guy who's going to get paid. So you might as well just pay him now. And I'm sure he'll be happy to yeah. receive more money now. And he will probably take a discount to 
get that money now as opposed to later. I don't know how much of a discount. And you are sort of buying at a high here, unless he has an even better season next year, which is entirely possible since he had a better season this year than last year, says PFF, apparently. So, so Kittle is definitely number one on my list. Number two would be Buckner, would be the next player that you need to consider extending because he's up next year as well. He didn't really have the statistical year this year that he had, had last year. And, and the addition of some of the higher profile players on the defensive line you know, sort of made him a... I guess a, a guy who wasn't spoken about quite as much as he was in, in prior seasons as easily the best defender on the 49ers defense. So he has competition now, which is a good thing. So the 49ers are going to have to decide what to do with him in the long term. And that's probably going to depend on what they're going to do with Armstead as well. Because Armstead, of course, had quite the breakout season this last year. And he's another guy who is a free agent who needs to be signed. And although I guess he didn't apparently agree to be franchise tagged, which is a little bit odd. It makes more sense in the long term if you don't think he's going to get injured <laughs> and he's going to stay healthy to sign to a longer term extension. So I think that Buckner and Armstead is going to be a little bit difficult. And if they do both of those, then they're going to have to cut some players or or not sign some players at some other locations on the team. So it's going to be an interesting decision for the front office and one that I'm not really sure that I have an opinion on right now, but I'm sure I will have many, many opinions on in the very near future. So my, that sounds on, on par for you. Yeah. 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 So, uh, <laughs> let's see. So number three is for them just to tender all of their exclusive rights free agents, which is very difficult for me to say, apparently. And those are the players with less than three accrued seasons and they can only really sign with the original team anyway so it's sort of a no-brainer to sign those guys and the guys that we have who are exclusive rights free agents (laughs) are jeff wilson my man nick mullins ross dwelly mosley brunskill and then lauderdale who i assume would find his way to the practice squad so those are all sort of uh, no-brainers for me. Uh, I'd also tender all of their restricted free agents, which is these, a little bit easier for me to say. <laughs> and <laughs> those guys are uh, Matt Breida, Kendrick Bourne, and third one is Elijah Lee. Elijah, yep. Elijah Lee yep. is the third one. Yep. And restricted free agents are free agents who are usually undrafted guys who have three accrued seasons, but not four. So it's sort of difficult to do if you're not undrafted. <laughs> and then the only real question there is, is how will the teams tender them? Because they can they tender them four different ways. The first way is just write a first refusal. And then the second, actually all the four ways have write a first refusal. But the second way is for drafted players. If they sign with another team and the 49ers decide to let them walk, the 49ers would receive a draft pick that corresponds right. with the round that the player was originally drafted in. which i believe for all of them is is undrafted if i'm not mistaken maybe elijah lee was i think all of them are undrafted so yeah, I don't lee think was drafted by the vikings that, that doesn't <laughs> somewhere late yeah so for the other two you're just out of luck you got nothing yeah the third way is the first rounder and then the fourth is the second rounder and it's just depending on how much you pay them so they just need to Decide how much they think these players are worth, whether other teams are going to go for them. And a guy like Brita is an interesting 
decision for them because they didn't seem to like him very much at the end of the season. And I think a lot of other teams would really like him. So what do you want to pay the guy? Because if you're going to be paying him multi-million dollars, then you're probably going to play him. Yeah. And apparently we didn't want to play him. And it would really be a shame to see him go somewhere else because I can guarantee he would just light it up. So those are all interesting decisions for the 49ers to make. Past that, all the rest of their guys are undrafted free agents and they have a lot of those guys. Unrestricted free agent. <laughs> oh, you can see how much sleep I've gotten lately. Yeah. <laughs> so all the rest of their guys are unrestricted free agents and those guys have four or more accrued seasons and they're free to sign wherever they want to sign unless you want to franchise them. And I don't really think that there's anybody other than potentially Armstead, but sort of rather not. Yeah, that's about. That's probably about it. Only because if he's qualified as a defensive end, he get paid. So other than that, I can't really see them dropping that on anybody. Yeah, I mean, I could maybe maybe Jimmy Ward, depending on what you think is going on with him. Uh, I think the only reason with both of them that you would even mess around with it is because both of them have for different reasons had trouble stringing together production in their careers um very similar stories right they're both first round players that have generally through injury have had trouble you know staying on the field and both both of them this year at the exact same time had their career years on you know on the last year of their deals or in Ward's case, the one year of his deal. Um, so that'd be the only one, only other direction I could see them going with that is possibly that direction, um, depending on how much they want to keep him around. Yeah. So, so outside of those two guys, Sanders is the only other real question as to what the- yeah but that number would be astronomical for him <laughs> you're, you're definitely going to be franchising him but as far as whether you want to sign him to a long-term contract or not oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. okay okay yeah i was like what are you talking about yeah. i don't even know what i would do if they would do that i'm pretty sure emmanuel sanders would take that take that in a heartbeat he'd be like yeah you want to give me like 19 million dollars like, this must be a typo or something right thank you <laughs> and then of course they have a bunch of additional decisions that are of varying difficulty. They have Demontre Moore, Sheldon Day, a lot of backups slash guys who were supposed to play roles and got injured. You know, Sean Coleman, Zettel, um, man, Toliolo. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's some easier decisions like uh, Dante Johnson. I think you'll probably let him roll. Yeah. As well as Jason Verrett and Jordan Matthews. I mean, a bunch of guys who just didn't see the field or injured, et cetera. And then, of course, Ben Garland, who I'm sure that they're going to sign to like some monster contract. And <laughs> if it were me, I would just let him go anywhere else other than here. But Oh, you know. man. And then the last real decision that they have to make, which I don't think is going to be a very difficult decision unless John Lynch has taken any more college classes with him recently is Solomon <laughs> Thomas's fifth year option needs to be decided upon in the next couple of months. And I would advise them not to exercise that option. Yeah. So that is my, was that eight points? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My eight point yeah. plan cool. for the 49ers offseason and their players from last year. Um, I think I generally do agree with you about the Solomon Thomas thing. Now, if they opt not to take the option, can they then work out, a deal with him like to keep because i think my main issue with the option is that it's gonna be a lot of money because the same thing that you said with eric armstead with giving him the the franchise tag and because they're both listed as defensive ends um i couldn't obviously the numbers for the for the fifth year option are based on on salaries of of other players and all that kind of thing but i did find it's a 
transition tag. Yeah, yeah. But I did find that the the number for the deep for a defensive end for the 2015 draft class, which was two years before uh, Solomon Thomas uh, came into the league, was at 14.2 for defensive ends, um, which means that it's probably going to be higher than that. Um, yeah, it's over 15. I, I, just at that number, I don't. His production is certainly not anywhere near that. But if you know, if the if the option is there to not exercise that fifth year option but then to say hey look we want to give you an opportunity but you're going to have to take a short-term you know two or three year deal worth significantly less money to stay around because we basically see you as a depth guy at this point because that's essentially what he is if you think about it um so i think that could be an option uh but yeah he's 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 gonna i mean he's gonna make nine million dollars or something like that this year um but then i fully expect that he will not be around after the year's over, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, and that's sort of the problem with extending him or trying to redo his contract is you sort of need to put that nine million in there, and then how much? Well, the nine million is guaranteed because yeah. it's his um, it's his rookie contract. Yes, it's when you already have that as the base, like how much more money are you going to give him for another two years? And yeah, I don't is know. This something he's going to take. I feel like probably not, unless you know, maybe he does want to go back to college with Lynch and they want to buddy up. <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, I can. But like every year, this is going to be a really big year for Solomon Thomas, <laughs> and every year has not been that good. Yeah, for sure. So I'm not saying part ways with him because he is a valuable piece sometimes when he can get his hands on a guy and actually bring him down. And <laughs> yeah, maybe he has a good beginning of the season and he has some trade value. So who knows? I mean, he's definitely not a guy that I would just let go. You're not going to eat the $9 million. <laughs> so he's not, I would rather not. Yeah. yeah. That seems like a bad idea. Yeah. Um, when you only have like 13 million in cap space, eating 9 million seems like a really bad idea. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure if there are any trade partners, you know, they're interested, Yeah, come a call on. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, uh, general agreement with most of what you're saying. I'm definitely good with keeping all the, uh, uh, exclusive rights free agents and the restricted free agents. Um, I could the the Brita thing. I, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me one way or the other. I, I think it would be interesting to like put like the you know second second round tender on him and just see if anybody goes crazy or something. Because then you get a couple of second round draft picks and that's not so bad. Um, but I don't know. Um, I, I think most of those guys should probably be back. Um, I think as far as uh, some of your lower level unrestricted free agents, I could certainly see, you know, Sean Coleman getting an opportunity. He wasn't making very much money to begin with, so I could certainly see him getting an opportunity to come back and see if he can be a, a depth guy. Um, Demontre Moore, I certainly would like to see him get another opportunity. Um, again, wasn't making a lot of money um, to begin with. Um, Ronald Blair, uh, depending on what they what they see in him and what his uh, what he's looking like as far as a comeback option, I think would be. Uh, worth looking into Sheldon Day. I think they're going to be they're going to give him an opportunity to to make that uh, that comeback. Um, outside of that, I mean, we'll see with your with your boy Toy Lolo. Uh, <laughs> you know, he he does what he does. He doesn't offer a, a whole lot, he but does he what he does. A, a sort of, that's for sure. He, he could be a low money blocking tight end guy. Um, and then beyond that, as far as the the major decisions are concerned, with Sanders, Ward, and Armstead. I, I mean, it's 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 tough. I mean, I think to be frank, and this is might be a, a sort of weird direction to go, 
Um, but I think of the two defensive guys, I think Jimmy Ward has got to be the priority just because of the depth that the team already has at um, defensive end um, and the production opportunities they can get. I guess what I'm saying is I think they can spend the money that it would take to extend Eric Armstead in a bunch of different places and maybe get equal production out of that position, if that makes any sense. Yes, yeah, something like take some of the money you're going to throw at Armstead and instead you know, use that towards Buckner and then sort of supplement that with more and and Blair and yeah, if you bring more and Blair and a couple and then maybe another you know mid level guy uh, in the free agency, I think that probably I think if if last year proved anything to us, it's that the depth of the defensive line was more important maybe than any individual player outside of Nick Bosa, I would say, and I th- think you could probably chalk up a lot of Armstead's success to Bosa and Ford to a certain extent. Yeah. Again, I would say Jimmy Ward has shown more consistency throughout his career. It, I, I don't think that he has played badly when he has not been injured in other seasons, whereas I don't think we can say the same about Armstead in the other years. Like, obviously, they've both, they've both been hurt a lot. Yeah, I, was like, I don't think Jimmy Ward's ever finished the season, has he, before this one? Like <laughs> well, technically, he didn't, he didn't even start the season. He was, remember, he didn't play until like week three or something like that. Yeah. I think he's ended up on IR like every season. I believe. I believe that's true. Maybe one. Yeah. Before this year, but now we're starting to trend. Never injured again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that, I mean, that's just that would be my call. Um, I I think that Jimmy Ward of the two would be the direction to go. Aside from the fact that he's going to cost significantly less money than uh, than Armstead would at this point. So, um, and then as far as Emmanuel Sanders is, is concerned. I don't know. I don't think it. I don't think that, as again, would be a prudent use of of money. As good as he was, and as much as he sort of solidified the receiving core, I think you have to sort of trust your scouting a little bit. And this is an opportunity where you can really use the choices that you've made over the last couple of years at the position and hope that those pan out in ways where like, you know, you get, you get Trent Taylor back and you get Jalen Hurd into the fold and maybe Dante Pettis pulls his head out of his butt. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) Whatever. I just like, they've invested a lot of draft capital in the wide receiver position over the last three, four years uh, that it feels like making a big splash like this to a guy who's, you know, 33 years old and while he's been, he was an effective player for um, for the team last year. I just feel like there's a better use of of, of money. We're talking about you know Buckner and, and Kittle especially. Um, I just feel like that's that's got to be a direction that you got to go. Yeah, I think they need somebody who is dangerous on the opposite side of Debo, and it doesn't necessarily have to be Sanders. I mean, it's been proven that Sanders can be that guy. They have a whole bunch of wide receivers and a whole bunch of question marks. And correct. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, you, you would think that a guy like Goodwin would be great on the other side, and then he sort of disappeared. Yeah, people often forget that we have Trent Taylor on the roster somewhere, <laughs> deep down somewhere on the roster, <laughs> and you know, and he was supposed to be sort of like the number one coming into this season, at least on third down. So I think Sanders is definitely a guy who can be replaced. Mm-hmm. But I like Sanders, and he is who he is. I mean, he's getting up there in age yeah but he's still effective except on that one play <laughs> <laughs> i agree i mean and, and really some of it depends on what he wants like is he looking to to sort of cash in and get one more pretty decent payday or does he want to stick around with a team that he thinks has a 
has a chance to contend for the next couple of years. And not that those things... I think he's really smart, so he's going to do the latter. I, I, I think so. And I, the, the trouble is, is I'm not sure that those things are mutually exclusive necessarily. Uh, you know, Not to say that the 49ers are the only team that's going to contend for the next couple of years. Um, the problem is, is they just that they just don't have a lot of cap room, but more on that in a minute. Um, I think generally I agree with, with everything else that you're saying, but um, I'd like to sort of say three things that I think need to be the sort of main uh, attention for this off season. Um, most of them I've kind of hinted at already. So um, the first is to continue to build upon strengths that already exist on the team, um, which I think to my mind is uh, definitely the defensive line is the still the best uh, position group on the team. So continuing to find a way to, to build depth on there, as we mentioned, whether or not that means bringing Armstead back or finding another way to sort of build depth um, in other ways with guys like Ronald Blair or Demetri Moore or areas like that. Cause I think uh, what they showed is that that is a strength of their team. And when it is a strength of their team, they it can be really successful. Um, the second part is strengthening the interior of the offensive line. Um, you've talked about Ben Garland at uh, <laughs> great length already. Um, he's a backup player. I, I think that's pretty clear. Um, I said like half of one sentence about him, but it's still too much, right? <laughs> uh, but as you mentioned, he's already, he's also an unrestricted free agent. And so I think it's okay to just kind of let him go. Um, Daniel Brunskill is still will probably be on the team next year. And I think he showed just as much as Garland did um, throughout his, his opportunities last year and played tackle as well as in the interior of the offensive line. So I think he has uh, the ability to provide a lot more versatility in that area. Um, Obviously getting Western Richburg back um, will help, but there is of course a little problem in the fact that he, in his two years so far, with the team, he is basically taking over Jimmy Ward's position of not being able to finish the season. Um, has not finished either of his years. The 49ers on the active roster, so that's something that you got to worry about. So, getting somebody in there who can be his backup that will be a little bit um, of a stronger player, I think, will be helpful. The big thing that when the 49ers struggled with pressure, it was often not on the edges. I think Staley and McGlinchey were good enough in those regards more often than not. But the pressure up the middle was a real problem. It was a real problem in the Super Bowl. It was a real problem at a lot of points during the regular season. And, oh, by the way, Aaron Donald still plays in the 49ers division. Whether or not the Rams are, as a whole, a threat, that person exists. And so that's going to be something they're going to have to deal with. Um, Speaking of Staley and also Richard Sherman, I think getting some sort of contingency plan or long-term heir apparent type of role for them and start thinking about the long-term goal, I think, is going to be really important. Um, I think that means that you're going to have to draft both a corner and a tackle. Um, I, I mean, not knowing anything about either draft class at, at corner or tackle, I don't know if that's somebody that's there. Um, I think the likelihood is that, that you're not going to be able to find somebody in uh, free agency who's going to be who you're going to be able to say to, "Hey, you want to come back up these guys?" And then, like in maybe two years, you'll be able to start when they're when they're both retired or moved on or whatever. I think they both played well last year, but starting to think about the long term with them is is really important. So those are my general thoughts on that. Any responses there? I think you're very wise. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, thanks. Except when you compared Ben Garland to Daniel Brunskill. So we're I, about to have beef about that. I don't think I compared them. I said that Brunskill was better than him. 
I did, I'm pretty sure I said that. I think you um, corrected yourself, but I believe you started out as if they were being you know, somewhere in the same vicinity, and then I think you you wised up and then. No, 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 no. I, <laughs> my point is, is that they both essentially they serve essentially the same purpose for the most part. Brunskill is more than likely going to be your interior backup guy or possibly a starter. I don't know. And I think between the two, you don't need both of them. So I would keep Brunskill around more than I would keep Garland around. That's just me. All right. I guess we're cool. I don't have to quit. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so uh, the last thing we're going to move into for this episode is um, just a quick prediction thing. So what we're going to do is we're gonna just going to predict one move that you think is going to happen that could be a little bit of a surprising thing that the 49ers will do this off season. And um, I will go ahead and start. And I will say that I think that Jarek McKinnon is not going to be out and out released from the team. I think he's going to uh, be given another shot to get healthy and make the team. If, and I don't know how big of an, if this is, he's willing to uh, restructure his contract in a massive way. He's currently, I want to say like the fifth, um, largest cap hit on the team uh, <laughs> heading into 2020. That is not going to uh, to work. Um, he's scheduled to make $6.5 million this year with a cap hit of $8.5 million, uh, which is just a crazy thing. It probably would have been crazy regardless of whether or not he played or not the last two years, but I don't think releasing him outright is going to be the move. Uh, you only save about half of the money if you uh, release him. You get a four and a half million dollar cap savings with about a four million dollar dead money hit. So I, I just I don't know. I don't get the point of just being like, okay, bye, unless he's still injured and you can get like an injury settlement. But other than that, I don't I don't I don't know that that's really the direction it's going to go. I think obviously Kyle Shanahan likes him a lot and wants to give him an opportunity to make this team. And I think that he will want to be motivated to show what he's capable of, even if it's only sort of like a, a short term restructuring thing where they work a lot of the money in his bonuses. So you make it so that he still makes the six and a half million dollars or whatever. If he, you know, makes the team and plays in a certain number of, you know, Parag Marate will do his thing that he does and magic away. Some of the, (laughs) some of the lack of cap space there, but I think it will also potentially allow the team to release Tevin Coleman, who doesn't have any guaranteed money left on his deal. Should they decide to do that? Although, you know, what they do with Matt Breida will also factor in here. I don't know. It all get interesting in terms of that, but I think I think McKinnon has a pretty good chance of being a part of the team in 2020. Uh, my bonus prediction, just I, I'm I'm trying to be like you, Chris. Uh, <laughs> my, Everyone should be a little bit more like me. That's definitely not true. That's <laughs> not that's not incorrect. Uh, my bonus prediction is that I think this is going to be a big restructuring off season. We got guys like Jimmy Garoppolo, we got D Ford, we got Kyle Juszczyk, uh, Richburg, who I mentioned before, um, are guys who are currently under contract for at least a couple more years um, that we could see some restructuring of their deals, some extending of their deals in a way to free up a lot more cap space, not to mention Buckner and Kittle, who we already talked about, who are going to be wanting extensions at much larger numbers than they're making now. And I think the only way that that all that... Buckner and Kittle and all these other names that we're talking about is going to happen is if we see the bigger names like Garoppolo, Ford, Juszczyk, Richburg, people like that make alterations to their contract to help free up some cap space. We already saw very quietly that Quan Alexander did that at the end of last season, uh, which was, you know, cool. They, I mean, they didn't make a big deal out of it, but he jumped down pretty heavily in terms of his cap hit for this upcoming year. And I think that's that's a cool thing that he did. You know, he wanted to help the team out. And I think that's that's the way you do it. And 
from the from the looks. I think it was it was like a million dollars for every missed tackle <laughs> in the last game. Was that uh, the- yikes! Um, but I, I I think I think I love you, Kwan. Yeah, <laughs> from the looks of from the looks of this team, this seems like a group of guys who want to who really want to help make the team better, and not a group of guys who are like, I want to get mine, and that's the only way this is going to work. Is if they are willing to to say, hey. You know, I'm still going to get my money, but it's going to come in in a different form. Um, and sort of betting on themselves in the in the Richard Sherman style, I think, is is a way to go. And I I, I think there's going to be a lot of that going around. I don't. It could be a similarly like you don't won't know about it, and then all of a sudden you'll go, oh, Quan Alexander has restructured his contract and freed up some money. So I think that will help because as we mentioned, there are a lot of people to resign, and we got to think about potential rookie deals even though there might only be five of them uh, <laughs> uh to be thinking about there's just you know there's lots of money left to be spent so i think they're gonna have to be working through some gymnastics on the on the cap side so prague on to you yeah i like all the predictions i like the keep jarek mckinnon and get rid of tevin coleman idea so i am fully supportive of that <laughs> as for you know restructuring guys like rapolo I feel like a good strategy is just to show him all the bad press that he's gotten over the last couple of weeks on how horrible he is as a quarterback. And he's just, the worst quarterback in the NFL, as it turns out. Like, sorry, bro. Like, you're so horrible, and you're you know, <laughs> the reason we lose every game that we lose. Which is all very, four of them is <laughs> very <laughs> uncommon when you start. But whatever. Uh, yeah. So I think that's a, a good strategy for the foreigners to use if they want to restructure him, and they should be able to restructure him because. They've worked a pretty good deal originally for him, even though it was sold as a deal that was way too high and they, they front loaded it. So he is fairly affordable in the near future and he goes to push some of that money around and how about the team? I think that he would be smart to do so. So yeah, I think it's definitely a doable thing. And you know, this is a problem you have when you have lots of good players on your team and you win lots of games as other teams want your players. And yeah. the 49ers, front office has definitely built a culture like you said where the players you know aren't necessarily totally playing for themselves and you know they're maybe taking a little bit of a discount so that they can play on this team with their brothers for a common purpose so i think that shanahan and lynch have done a great job in instilling that culture so totally agree with you on, on that tip but we got to pay guys like kittle so it's got to happen somehow I mean, we can't keep paying him you know Seven hundred thousand dollars for the rest of his career. He's, it's just not going to happen. So we are going to have to come up with some money somewhere. And um, maybe Richard Sherman should just negotiate everybody's contract, or just tell everyone to just get rid of their <laughs> that agents. Seems, and, that seems yeah, good. I like that. that. I like yeah, that. So we're coming up with pretty good ideas today. So somehow yeah. I think that there would be some rules about you know he wouldn't be able to take any money or anything. So he just have to do not, it not out of the goodness of his heart. No, just tell everyone else. Like yeah, just negotiate your own contract and yeah, yeah, yeah. Just see how it works out and. Yeah, the NFL will have to step in and say you can't do that because we ripped him off. But actually, I, I guess this last year he didn't do too bad. So no, yeah. he got all everything he he uh, he negotiated. He got even though he didn't uh, quite reach the snaps percentage number. I think was what it was. He was just short of where he needed to be. Yeah. But the Niners uh, showed him a little good faith and paid him the million dollars or whatever it was. So I thought that was good. That was a nice gesture. Yeah, you know, they, they were pulling him off at the end of games when it didn't really matter, and it's not really his fault that he's playing so well. Right. So good move on their part, and that's just part of the culture that they have instilled. So I guess you want me to talk about my one surprise move. Yeah, right? surprise move for you. Or you just not care. Yeah. Either way. No, I would definitely, I definitely want to hear what you have to say. Okay. Surprise move. 
I think that the 49ers are going to either offer a long-term contract extension or some type of restructure for Tart because of the way that the team played with him and the way that their defense played without him this year. And it was it was a very stark contrast. And I think he's an important part of the team. And he is probably, age-wise, available for one last decent-sized contract. And I think they can get him at a fairly decent price and... Maybe that's not the craziest prediction, you know, that you, you can make, but he may be a guy that they say, you know, you can play both safety positions and your versatility is valuable to us. And when you're in there, you are a force and you know the defense and you're a leader. So we're going to try to lock you into a, a longer term contract than, you know, just the, the current contract that he has now, because I believe he's supposed to be a free agent next year. Yeah, yeah, that's the last year of the extension that he signed back in 2018. Yeah, and they're paying some like six and a half, I think. Yeah, 6.275. Yeah, yeah which is like somewhere you know, right around like the number 20 safety in the league. So I think he's easily the number 20 safety in the league, and he definitely is a force on the field. So I think he is going to earn himself a contract extension. You know, again, um, there might be some contract magic in there that pushes some of the money out farther out into the distance to allow some of the cap space to be used on other individuals in the short term. But I think that's somebody that no one's really talking about that could see himself with a fairly large long-term payday. So that's my one. And then I just need to come up with a bonus too. So my (laughs) bonus will be... As always. That Shanahan finally comes to terms with the fact that C.J. Beathard is not that good at football and trades him away so that we can have that extra roster spot for somebody that we can actually use and suit up on Sundays. And I don't think that he will get very much for him, but hopefully we can get something for him. Yeah. So a trade of C.J. Beathard, and then, of course, C.J. Beathard will turn into a fantastic quarterback wherever he goes. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) But that's my bonus, and it's a bonus that's probably not going to happen, but it's one that I want to happen, so I'm just going to say it. So there you go. I mean, I mean, it, it it could, I suppose, right? Like, I mean, it's, I mean, it doesn't make any sense to have three quarterbacks, but it didn't stop us all year. So no, it doesn't. I mean, other than just getting him off the the roster and taking up a roster spot for somebody, you're. I, I should know they will be paying part of his salary if they trade him uh, a whopping one hundred seventy six thousand dollars of his salary is uh, left from the pro rate of a signing bonus. I'm assuming from his rookie year. I think we can handle that. Yeah, not not too big of a deal. I mean, even for him, I know that. He and Kittle are close, and he's close with a lot of other members of the team. But if he's going to be gone after next year anyway, right? then why not give him an opportunity to be at least be a number two somewhere? Yeah, for sure. Because you know, being a number three, you never want to be in a situation where you're playing your number three quarterback. So he's not going to be put in a very good situation if he does play with a team. And you know maybe he can go to another team where you have a quarterback who either gets injured or doesn't play well and then they throw him in there and you know he's played well at times that were very (laughs) infrequent but you know i mean he did play well a couple times yeah yeah, yeah. like one game and then like three quarters of another game yeah i saw it it happened yeah yeah there was that half of that game against the packers you know that was going well yeah i mean a couple of nice long passes until the end which is not so nice and and then that uh giants game he played great then yeah oh yeah, yeah, yeah the one win that we had hey so there you go. And he actually played half decent during the Redskins game. I believe that was the first game that he played when they threw him in there at halftime. And then 
we got yeah yeah when he came in we got reft again on that garcon yeah that was a rough go oh my jeez well at least that didn't happen in the last game that we played because then we'd really be upset so at least that happened i know imagine if that would happen that would be horrible uh yeah i mean i'm with you on that i think tart definitely he's uh 28 years old i think he'll be 29 sometime during the course of the season so maybe another three years of him at that point given his position in his early 30s he'll probably be getting to the point where they want to replace him at that at that juncture but you know giving him another contract and good faith for the work that he's done to be part of the team over the last several years i think would be good i think that he actually turns 29 this week and don't tell me how i know that oh nice <laughs> but i think that is the case so if it is your birthday today well happy birthday chikwaski this week then happy birthday and if not then just happy birthday whenever it is yeah whenever whenever you turn 29 sure and then yeah i mean i think Bethard, if you get a sixth or seventh round pick out of him, that's that's something. Oh, please, something. Because uh, I was thinking just like trade draft picks, and maybe we'll actually have to trade back, but I don't even know. Yeah, because at the end of the year, as you say, at the end of the year, he's leaving. Yeah, I mean, doesn't it make any sense to keep him? He's not going to stick around and be like, yeah, sure, I'd love to continue to be the third string quarterback for this team. Like, that's not going to happen. I don't care how much he likes everybody in the building or or how nice of a guy he is. It's just not happening. It's just it's just not going to. So you might as well try and see if you can get something for him. I, I, I sort of understand it this year when you didn't, you know, we haven't seen Garoppolo make it through an entire season. You don't really know what's going to happen. There's this safety net of, of having that third quarterback around. But at this point, <laughs> get something. I, 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 I got to say, you got to get something for your, for your third round draft pick. Thank goodness we had that third quarterback that we could count on to come in and lose some football games if we really need it. <laughs> come on i gotta be negative a little bit this podcast come on <laughs> I, I you're right you're right you're right i couldn't let you go the whole time um yeah so lots of good things i'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen over the course of the next couple of weeks again we'll be uh, returning here probably in, in another week or two to chat about the draft which will be just bizarre uh just maybe talking about uh, some draft strategy general things that the Niners can do with their, you know, whopping like five draft picks that they have. <laughs> but as always, I uh, would like to thank you for listening to the Niner Noise podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Please check us out on your favorite podcasting platform, be that Apple uh, Podcast, Google Play, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and really appreciate it if you'd leave us a nice review and share the podcast with all your 49er fan friends. So enjoy the beginning of the Scouting Combine, and we will see you next time, Niner fans. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.